If you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm 34, we're going to get right on into the Word. As I just want to encourage you tonight to go deeper with God. To go deeper with God. Let me set this scripture up in Psalm 34. This entire Psalm 34 is believed that it was, um, obviously all of the Word of God is inspired by Him. Uh, but God specifically told it to people and they wrote it down. And so in this uh, scripture, the Psalm, David wrote this. And so if you're reading at the beginning of the scripture, you know, it's really, it's talking about, man, the greatness of God and let's praise Him. And if you're reading it, it's like, man, David's just having a worship party. Okay, and then when you kind of get in the middle, it begins to talk about, listen, when you go through troubles, when you go through trials, remember, you know, fear and reverence the Lord because there's no lack in him. And then it drops down and then it begins to talk about, listen, when you are broken hearted, when you are alone, when it seems to be that um, there is just all havoc going on, stay strong. So you go through where there's worship. Whether there, where, then where there's some serious moments of, um, where someone's going through something major and to hold on. And what's happening here in this scripture is David is having to go on a journey where Saul is trying to kill him. And so he runs to a, a priest and he begins to tell them the story. And then he, and then he runs to, uh, and then the priest gives him some food and then he runs to uh, the king of Gath and, and um, and some of the other leaders in the city recognize him. And and so then David begins to say, well, I guess the only way for me to get out of this without people wanting to kill me because they know I'm strong and powerful in the favor of God is let me just act crazy. You know, so that was his solution, you know. And so then the king realized, oh, man, y'all have sent me another crazy man. And so they let him go. And so this is David is faced with. Uh, multiple times running for his life. He's faced with, Lord, I want to serve you and I want to grow and I want to do things for you, but Lord, I'm having a rough time now. Anybody ever have those moments? Lord, I love you. And I, Lord, I desire to go deeper with you, but it's rough in this very moment. So let's, now that we know the context of that, let's see what David says to encourage us. I sought the Lord and he heard me. That's good news right there. Because many times in our heartbreak and in our frustration or in fear, we need some answers. You ever get to a place where you say, I've had enough, or I don't know what else to do? David experienced that. And his words were, I sought the Lord and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. He delivered me from the fears of people wanting to kill me. He delivered me. They looked to him, were ra- they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man, David is speaking about himself. He's speaking about not poor as in um as in financial, but poor as in man, I need some help in my life. I have a tremendous need, you know? And the Lord heard him and saved him. Out of all his troubles, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Now, this is what I'd like for us to kind of focus on. There is no want to those who fear him. The fear that we're talking about in this scripture, it's not a fear of terror. It's not a fear of, um, uh, of David's not talking about Saul trying to kill him. That's not what he's talking about. He said, even in this natural world, when it seems to be everything is not going right now in this season of what he's facing, I don't see things really going my way here, but I have enough reverence and respect and awe for the power and the word of God, I know he cannot fail me and I will not fail him. That's what he's talking about. Whenever those stresses, whenever those moments that we might not see God moving and on, on our behalf, the enemy is going to want to bring doubt upon you that you're all alone. Nobody cares for you. You might as well quit. 
you might as well give up. Recognize when the enemy is coming at you without opposition because God is wanting to increase your faith to bring you deeper places in your purpose with him. Because if there was not such heavy opposition, you wouldn't be, a, if there was not such heavy opposition against the enemy, he, the enemy, Satan, only threatens those that are damaged to his kingdom. So you are a threat to Satan. But David was able to rise out of that and above that and see God for who he really is and what he wanted to do in his life because he worshiped, because he reverenced God. And by that, he experienced no want. Another version of that says, Fear the Lord, you his saints. Those who fear him lack nothing. You need peace, you'll have it when you are reverent and honoring God with your life. You need, you need favor whenever you are staying the course. I will not give up. You will not have lack in your life. Lack of provisions. Lack of peace. You won't have it. Because God is going to make sure that whenever we are going to stay the course in our faith and serving Him with our life, our life will be fulfilled. Second Timothy 1.7 For God has not... Come on, look to your neighbor say, not... All right. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So when David is speaking here, listen, the angels of the Lord are camped all around us. Those who fear him, he will deliver. Again, it's not talking about fear as in, oh, a boogeyman's going to get out and grab you. Remember that. It's talking about the reverence and the respect that you have towards the Lord. That you fear his word and, and him and respect him so very much that nothing is going to stop you from serving him and trusting him with your life. That's what it comes down to. Okay? Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. It says, I have chosen you and not rejected you. But listen what God is saying. Do not fear, for I am with you. David, I know Saul's trying to kill you. Don't fear him. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Isaiah, another version of that, New Living Translation, Isaiah 41, 9, it says, For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And those are things that, that we need to have running in our minds. In those moments of, whew, I'm done. Fear in the scripture in Psalm 34, again, is talking about the reverence of him and serving him and trusting him with your life. God desires for our lives. He wants to bring us to those deeper places of reverence. He wants to bring us to those deeper places in serving him. He wants to bring us to those deeper places in trusting him. Why? Because what did David say? So that I can taste and I can see of the goodness of God. So we mean taste and see. Not that you're going to take a bite out of Jesus. That's weird and that's not what the scripture is talking about. What it's talking about so we can discover and experience and enjoy the deeper places that he is calling us to. Okay? If you'll turn in your Bible to Luke 5, 1 through 11, I want us to expound on, on something that we looked at uh, a couple of weeks ago and just the exchange that uh, Jesus had with... Um, he was just in the beginning stages of choosing his disciples. Uh, and he was... Um, uh, with Simon Peter. And so we're going to look at some exchanges and some steps that you and I can take to go deeper. Okay. And so in Luke 5, 1 through 11, it says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there, had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, uh, its owner to push him out 
uh, into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds with them. Now, uh, I'll, I'll expound on a little bit later, but just let you, this was not Jesus's first time in encountering Simon. Um, and so um, it's not like he just walked up to a stranger and said, hey, give me your boat, let's go. Th- they knew each other, okay? Uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let your nets and let down your nets and you will catch many fish. Master, Simon replied. Again, you can see the exchange because in order for Simon to call him master, he had to know him. He was identifying his his honor and his reverence and the lordship in his life. Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. And this time their nets were so full they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other uh, partners in the other boats. And as soon both boats were full, filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. He was all struck. Look to somebody next to you say, all struck. Okay, now I'm going to continue. By the size of their catch, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. All right, let's do some takeaways, steps to going deeper in our walk with the Lord. One, don't limit God by only doing what you're comfortable and familiar with. Don't limit God by only doing what you're comfortable and familiar with. Simon Peter was a well-established fisherman. Not just a fisherman, but uh, scholars, but he had a fleet of fishermen, you know. Um, and he worked, and that's the scripture said he worked hard all night doing, uh, all night and didn't, and didn't catch anything. When we become so familiar, we begin to naturally use our skill and experience in doing tasks at hand, but Jesus had something greater in mind. He was wanting to take Simon Peter to deeper places of trusting him, bringing him to places of serving God that he has never experienced before. Jesus was beginning to stretch him because Jesus knew one day he would be a fisher of men and an apostle. See, in John 1, 40 through 42, we see, and again, this John, it was before the fishing encounter. This was the first time that, that, that Jesus and uh, Simon had, had met. And listen to the exchange. Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, was one of these men. What had just happened is uh, John the Baptist had just said, hey, whoa, here, behold, the Lamb of, uh, of God. And Andrew was one of the disciples of uh, John the Baptist. And so he left and he began to follow Jesus. And so Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John had said when he followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, We have found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And look at this exchange. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The first time he ever met him, God began, God, Jesus had a plan for his life. But this wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to exchange your name. Jesus was seeing the plan and the purpose on Peter's life in that very moment. And even though Peter had gone deep into the waters before and had much experience, was extremely familiar and comfortable with fishing and the water. God was about to do something in Peter's life that he had never encountered before. And what that was is in the scripture was saying is that that word, coffice, is rock. And it's like, boy, I'm, 
I'm about to put a word inside of you that's going to establish my church. I'm about to do something inside of you that you've never experienced, that it might be a little uncomfortable in this natural world. But see, God was setting him up for that. Can you imagine all the experiences that Peter would have missed out? But listen what Matthew 16, 18 through 19, excuse me, 16, 18 through 19 says, but to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. See, this scripture is, our, is, is in the time frame that Peter was already following Jesus. But see, Jesus saw that in the future. How many know Jesus knows the purposes and the plans for our lives five, 10, 15 years down the road? And so whenever he begins to speak to us and whenever he begins to move in our life, he is wanting to get us from here to over here. So when we step out in faith and we say, yes, Lord, even though it's going to be uncomfortable, God is seeing what he has already set in motion in the future for us. You understand that picture? Don't limit God by only doing what is comfortable and familiar. Peter had already experienced all night, Lord, I've been fishing for a long time. We've been all night. And we didn't catch nothing. But because he knew God, he said, okay, we'll, we'll go out again. All right, I'll, I'll try it again. You know, he was, he was trying to be as respectful as he could at the same time because he was a comfortable fisherman, but he was limiting God to an extent because he was going by what was comfortable and what was familiar to him. You understand? See, God knows this so well. He didn't walk up to Peter and say, hey, Peter, there's going to come a day that you're going to minister to, to over 3,000. There's going to come a day that you're going to walk on water. There's going to come a day, Peter, that you're not even going to remember all the things that you're familiar with or that have put your identity in. And having a fleet of boats, being very experienced in, in your profession, but what you're going to remember is you and me right here and what I'm going to do on the inside of you. See, one, don't limit God by only doing what is comfortable to you. And two, don't limit God by your own capacity of understanding. When Simon Peter went out to the deep, he was in awe of the size of the catch, and so was his fishing partners. Now think about that in all of the size of the catch. This is what he's known for years and years. Other people have identified him as being a good businessman, as having, having a feet. Why on earth would he be in awe by something that he's done, you know, almost all of his life? I believe he was in awe because he recognized the supernatural power that he had just experienced. Because listen, whenever he was in awe, Simon, the Bible says that he fell to his knees before Jesus. Why would a fisherman just caught fish, seen it happen thousands and thousands of times, but why in this moment? Why at this catch? Because he recognized the supernatural power of God. His capacity of understanding. Many times, if we can't see it, if we can't understand it, if we can't wrap our brain around it, we can limit ourselves to what God is wanting to do. He was left in awe because his mind was limited in that moment by the capacity of Jesus' power. But when he saw it and when he experienced it, he fell to his knees and he realized, man, there is something at work here that is bigger than me. You and I will have moments and the capacity of our understanding to bring wisdom in the situation. 
the capacity of our understanding to just keep on going. We're just like, I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Anybody have those moments? I, I don't know what else to do. Lord, I've done all that I can in this situation. But look what 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But we know these things because God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And his spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. When you and I are next to the Lord, like Peter was next to the Lord. Any limited capacity of our own understanding, because of the Spirit of God that we have living inside of us, it will be illuminated. When you go into the presence of the Lord in prayer, when you're going to Him in the Word, when you're going to Him in worship, and you just feel stuck, you feel like you don't have the solutions in your job or, or the solutions in parenting or, or what to do in this situation. When you go into the presence of the Lord, the spirit of the living God on the inside to you will reveal to you God's deep secrets. So that what our natural mind is limited in the capacity, the spirit of the living God in us will reveal to us. The mighty power of God. Do you see that? Isn't that amazing? Nothing. There is no lack in God as our provider, as our comforter, as our healer. Okay? Don't limit God by your own capacity of understanding. If you don't understand something in that moment, don't give up. Don't quit. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to give me revelation on this. I need you to speak to me so that I can understand what you want me to do. If you want me to go or if you want me to be still, what do you want me to do? And he'll show it to you. It's that simple. He will speak to you. Okay? And that's what Peter was in awe for. I have just seen a move of God in my life that was beyond my capacity of understanding. But I know now, there's no doubt in my mind that God was revealing the supernatural power to Peter because God was setting him up for the very purpose that God had for his life in the future as an apostle. Okay? Number three, don't limit God by denying him access to develop your character. Don't limit God by denying him access to develop your character. Ephesians 3, verses 20, it says, Now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. He is able. Look to somebody next to you say, He is able. What that means is that how many of you know somebody? without mentioning any names, and surely don't look to the person next to you. They need a little bit more of Jesus. Maybe in their attitude, maybe in their responses. And it's easy for us to see people through our own eyes. But God wants us to see people through his eyes, knowing that he is able to mold and shape their character and bring them places than we've ever imagined. See, God didn't want Peter to stay. Jesus didn't want Peter to stay just being a fisherman. Because look what the scripture says. You notice that here's, here's Peter and he's on the floor and he's saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And, and look, look what God's response is. Oh, Peter, don't be afraid. He didn't rebuke him because he knew he was dealing with his capacity of his understanding. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't mock him. He didn't make fun of him. He just said, don't be afraid. And then he said, now, oh, here comes the charge. Here comes the calling. See, the first calling was whenever he began to change his name from Simon to Peter and says, upon, um, I I'm going to build my church upon the rock. Basically, the word that I'm given inside of you, it's going to build my church. 
That word that's going to empower you, that's word that's going to give you confidence, that word that's going to cause you to stand when you don't physically see me here, that's going to build my church. But here was the second calling. Now I'm calling you to be fisher of people. See, he is able to take someone who was known for a very uh, boisterous, uh, energetic, lively, uh, even prideful personality and still use him to do great and mighty things. I'm so glad, and I hope you are too, so I'm going to speak to myself. I'm so glad that God doesn't look at where I was to determine where I'm going. I'm so glad that God does not look at me and say, whoa, you woe sinner, I don't know if I can use you. You need me more than anybody else. No. What he's saying is, hey, would you allow me to, to go deeper? Would you allow me to take you from this fisherman to someday walking on water? Would you allow me to take you to being a leader in your community, to being a founder of the church? Would you allow me to do that in your life? Because I know how other people see you, Peter. But all the purpose and the plans that I have for you. See, God did not put labels or, or, you know, when God sees us, he doesn't see the labels that other people have placed on us. He doesn't see the label of failure. He doesn't see the label of a misfit. When we come into relationship with him, only what he sees is, that's my son, and that's my daughter. And I'm going to call them deeper places with me. Because they don't know the, all the plans that I have for them. But oh, I, I'm, I'm going to stretch their character. If they allow me access to develop in them humility and love and, and, and grace and kindness. I will be bigger in their life. I will take them farther than they ever dreamed of. My favor will rest upon them. There will be no lack in their life because he loves us. See, we see in Matthew 14, 24 through 33, you know, uh, Jesus had just, uh, at this uh, part of the scripture, Jesus had just finished feeding a very, very large crowd. He's a little tired. And so he told the, the disciples, he said, guys, y'all go ahead and go out in the boat. I'll meet you later. That was funny and, and interesting because, you know, they didn't have jet skis. So it's not like Jesus was just going to, you know, zoom out there and meet them. So it's like the instruction that he told them to go out in the boat. He already had a plan in motion. And that plan in motion was, I'm just going to walk on water and I'm going to go out there and meet him. <laughs> Jesus is cool. No one's ever done that. And so here Peter was, the, the boisterous one, the loudest one in the boat, the one that has a tendency to take charge and get things done. And so whenever he saw Jesus, first of all, there was there was a mighty wind and and whenever they thought, when they saw Jesus, they thought he was a ghost. And so here Peter was in his boisterous personality, in his leadership. It's like, you know what? Lord, if that's really you, call me out there. See, we can have a tendency to hold on to our gifts, or our skills, or our talents for that security. But my friend, it's not your gifts, your skills, your talents. It's going to cause you to rise against the storms in life. It's your character and your surrender to Jesus Christ. And he knows that that's what's going to hold us. And so here was Peter. Lord, if it's you, call me out there. Just picture it. Never been done. Peter getting out of the boat. Just the laws of nature alone. You can't walk on water. You're going to sink. Don't try it at home in your bathtubs. It's not going to work. If it does, call me. I want to see it. So here was Peter. 
Where, what he, was his attitude in that moment? Hey, guys, watch this. I got this. I'm not sure. But when he called out, this is the transaction. This was what was happening. Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right. He said, I'm here. Don't be afraid. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come, t- tell me to come to you by walking on the water. All right, Jesus said. Jesus is so casual. If you want to walk on water with me, that's fine. Just, just come on. You know, it wasn't a three-part message. If you got to trust me, you got to surrender. He said, no, just, just, just come on. Why is it important, that response of Jesus? Because many times we will place our own standard and our own approach in what we think we need to do to go to Jesus. I've got to be on my best behavior. I've got to do all that I can do for Jesus to love and to accept me. No, only what he has said, just just come on. Because we're only going to be made right when we're in his presence. We're only going to see our lives and our future through the Father's eyes when we're in his presence. It's not anything that we have that we do they said, okay, I gotta, before I go to God, I gotta be right with Him. No, you are made right when you are with Him. So it's important that we just see the, the simplicity. The Lord just says, come on. And our response is, yes. Don't make it complicated. If you want to go deeper with the Lord, then just go. So here's Peter. It's all right. I'm here. Don't be afraid. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord. Now, did Peter really have to say, save me, Lord? He shouted instantly. Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. And says, you don't have much faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And so, my friends, whatever Peter was depending upon to get out of that boat, maybe his own confidence, maybe his own strength, the moment that he took his eyes off depending upon Jesus was the moment that he began to sink. When you and I deny Jesus access to develop our character. What do you mean by that, Dixie? I'm glad you asked. Scripture, Psalm 139, 23-4, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The moment that we began to have the attitude, Lord, don't search me. Lord, I got this on my own, then that's the moment that we stop allowing him to develop our character. Peter also had a couple more journeys of developing his character. When Jesus was was taken captive by the guards, um, listen to what it says in Luke 22, 60 through 62. I thought this was interesting when I saw it. Uh, uh, there had, Jesus had already told Peter, says, listen, you know, uh, there's going to come a time where you're going to feel so much pressure that you're going to deny me. And Peter was like, mm-mm, not me. Lord, I'm like, you know, seriously, I'm like one of the strongest in the disciples. You know, it's me. Walked on water with you. I- I'm okay, Lord. There was a lot of arrogance there. But listen to this, listen to this dialogue. But Peter said, man, I don't, a woman was coming to him and says, hey, uh, you are a follower of Jesus. You've been around Jesus. And obviously Jesus had been uh, 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 taken captive at this time, arrested. But so listen to the dialogue. But Peter said, uh, uh, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And as soon as he said these words, the rooster crowed. And at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then people remem- Then Peter remembered what the Lord had said. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times. And Peter left the courtyard crying bitterly. God sees every choice that we make. But yet he still went forward to the cross so that we could have access to him. 
You know, God didn't, Jesus, when he looked at Peter, he didn't run after him. But he loved him enough to still go to the cross for him. And the enemy would want to beat us up on every failure or every mistake that we've ever done. And remind us and have it played over and over. You're a failure as a wife. You're a failure as a husband. You're a failure as a parent. You did this, 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 and this, and this. My friends, as believers in Jesus Christ, when we repent and turn away from that, it is covered by the blood of Jesus. And we do not have to pick up shame and regret and carry it as a badge for us to suffer for Jesus. That's not how he wants us to operate. He wants us to receive that forgiveness so that we can be a light to everyone around us of the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Does that make any sense? You say, well, Dixie, how is that related to by denying him access to develop our character? Is because we have to recognize our need for him and not hold on to pride and surrender. When Peter realized his dependency upon God and humbled himself on what God wanted to use him to do, the very first moment he met him, that's when there became a shift in Peter that he went to a whole nother level in his walk with the Lord. Acts 2, 14, in this part of the scripture, the Holy Spirit had, had come down and filled the disciples in the upper room with just more of his presence and giving them a heavenly language. And the scripture says that, and this is the first in, in Acts 2, verses 14, he said, then Peter stepped forward. Why is that so important? Because not too long ago, Peter was running. Peter was denying. But when you and I come in a relationship with the Lord and, and we say, Lord, I need you in my life, there is an exchange where he removes that. See, he's developing our character. He removes shame. He removes that pride. And he puts confidence on the inside of us so that we can live free and we can begin to do the things that God has called us to do. From the very beginning, God had already foreseen that one day, Peter is going to lead over 3,000 people and they're going to come in relationship with me. And in this moment, it was happening. Peter was stepping forward. There were people in the town and they were saying, oh man, uh, y'all are just, y'all are just drunk. Y'all are just, what, what are y'all doing? And, and so Peter said, he laid out, said, no, we're not drunk. It's it, the time of the day we are. No, we have encountered the Lord. And the scripture goes on to say in verses 41 of uh, Acts 2, it says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. They joined, they joined with other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles, being teachers and, and fellowshipping and sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. But listen to this. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. A deep sense of awe. The deeper that you and I go and allowing God's love, His peace, His purpose, and His plan for our life, others will also experience that deep sense of awe by the power and the presence of God that they have access to in their own lives. Peter was not running. He was not denying. But he was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit for his life. He went to deeper places. Deeper places. Because he didn't limit God by only doing what was comfortable and familiar. Everybody's in my family's a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. I got my business. I'm not going nowhere. He said, Lord. I know I've been fishing all day, but what I'm seeing you do, I have never experienced before. He did not limit God by his own capacity of understanding. He reverenced and respect 
what God was doing and moving on his life. Church, people, God is moving in your life. Whether you see it or not, he's moving in your life. Because as you and I sing that song, Lord, I want you to bring me to greater places. Lord, I want your kingdom come and your will be done in my life. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we might forget the prayers that we pray to God, but he does not forget them. Many times I've prayed something to the Lord and he reminded me of that prayer and he blessed me so much as I was evidence of it coming to pass. And I forgot that I had prayed it. Every prayer that you give to the Lord, Lord, I need your wisdom. Lord, I need your favor. Lord, I desire to go to those deeper places with you. He takes that seriously. And he's just, come on. Come and join me. Come and join me. And so right where you are right now, let's go back and let's recap. Psalm 34, 7 through 9. For the angel of the Lord guards stands. For the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him. And he rescues them. And taste and see that the Lord is good. God desires for you and I to go deeper. Deeper in knowing him. Deeper in trusting him with our life. Deeper in serving him. Because he wants us to experience, whoa, not only now what he has, but all the places that he's going to bring us. Don't limit yourself to the capacity of your own understanding, but ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And allow God to point out, Lord, what's my attitude? Lord, am I seeing my circumstances through my eyes? Lord, am, am I bringing harm to my own life by the negative words that are coming out of my mouth? Because I know, Lord, that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Am I speaking over my life? Am I speaking over my spouse? Am I speaking over my children? The very purpose and the plans of God for my life. Lord, help me to see that so that I can go deeper. You understand, church? Are you with me? Come on, let's stand to the Lord. And let's just ask him, Lord, bring us to deeper places. Bring us to deeper places. He was wanting to bring Peter to deeper places of faith. Where is he wanting to bring you? What is God wanting to do in your life right now? I don't know. But here's the cool thing. You can ask him. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Savior of the world, he'll speak to you and he'll show you. But the first place that we need to begin, you say, Dixie, I don't, I don't know of this God that you're talking about. But oh, how I want to. So let's go talk to him. If you say, Dixie, I, I don't know him. I don't know of that love. I don't know of having a purpose in your life, having a fulfilled life. I don't know of that, but I want to. Come on, church, let's come to the Lord in, in agreement. And just repeat this verse. Say, Jesus. I truly believe in you. And God, I recognize my need for you in my life. God, I ask that you forgive me of my sin and come and be my Lord and Savior. Show me your purpose for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now say, Dixie, I know the Lord but I want to go deeper. I'm not, I'm not really satisfied with where I am now. I want to go deeper in his love. I want to go deeper in experiencing and knowing of how good he really is for me. So with your hands raised, just as a sign of just to go deeper, you got to go to another level of surrender. Say, so Holy Spirit, I welcome you. 
Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, if we have been so comfortable where we are, because it's just it's what we know, but it's almost gotten to a place to where we can get stuck, stagnant. Holy Spirit, I ask that you, if that's someone in here, Lord, I ask that you just show us so that we will go deeper to another level of trusting you with our life. Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus that there's someone in here and their capacity of understanding, they're holding on to what they can see or what their mind can grasp. But they always seem to be shorthanded. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to them who you are. That you will reveal to them that you are Jehovah Jireh. That you will reveal to them, Lord God, that you are still the healer. That you are still the protector. That you will reveal to them that you are all-knowing and all-powerful. And there is no situation that is so big or so chaotic that you cannot bring order and resolve to it. Holy Spirit, reveal that. And Holy Spirit, I ask if there's anything in our character that is just a stench to you. If there's selfishness, if there's pride, come on, this is where we go deeper right now, church. Just ask the Lord, God, point out anything in me that offends you. And just repent. Lord, I give you full access to my life. Can you just tell that to, that to Jesus right now? God, I give you full access to my life. God, not just a part of my heart, not just a part of my life, but God, I give you full access to my life, to be my Lord and to be my master, Lord. There's anything in my character that is not lining up to the character of Christ. I ask you to reveal it to me, Lord, so that I can repent and allow in humility for you to adjust my character so that nothing will hinder me from going deeper with you. Oh, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Now, right now, of us all together, let's praise Him. I want you to begin to praise God for the beautiful plan that He has for your life and for your future. Get your mind out of that, the heaviness and the weighed down of present circumstance. But begin to praise yourself out. Praise yourself into the beautiful purpose and plans that God has for your life. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you. Oh, God, that you're calling me deeper. You're calling me, Lord God, to deeper places of your love. God, you're calling me to deeper levels of trusting in you. Father, you're calling me to deeper places and understanding who you are. Father, I ask that you expand my capacity of understanding. That you expand my heart capacity of your love. Father, I ask that you break all barriers in my mind of who I am and where you've called me to be. Break all barriers in the name of Jesus. Barriers of fear, barriers of pride, barriers of selfishness. But that, Lord God, I will stand confidently in going deeper and knowing you will never fail me. Knowing you will never fail my family. And knowing you will never fail my children. Come on, speak that. God, I know you cannot fail me. 
celebrates who you are. You know the purpose and plans of my future. And Lord, I hold on to them. I speak your kingdom come and your will be done over my life in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you and I praise you for where you're bringing me to. I thank you and I praise you for loving me so much that you don't leave me in the state that I am, but you call me closer to you in the state that I am to do something greater and bigger on the inside of me. Oh God, I thank you that you see me through the eyes of what you called and created me to be. Father, may I hold on to that truth in my mind. May I speak that truth out of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. So listen, I'm going to give you a little challenge. And you might say, Dixie, that's cheesy. It's okay. It's okay. I encourage you. Before your feet hit the ground in the morning and you roll out of bed, before your mind begins to going of all the things that you have to do. Let's begin to put into practice as we go deeper, calling those things over ourselves the way God sees us. So before your feet hit the ground, start your day off with, oh God, I thank you so much. You've chosen me. God, I thank you so much that I am forgiven. God, I thank you so much that I do have favor. God, I thank you so much that I am a winner and victorious. Begin to speak that over yourself before your feet ever hit the ground. And you know what you'll be doing? You're taking one step at a time deeper and deeper and deeper in his will for your life. Amen. Oh, guys, it's always going to be an adventure. When you serve Jesus. There's nothing boring. About serving the Lord. And how many of you are up. For a great adventure. Get ready. Because he's going to take you there. As you go deeper and deeper. Father God I just thank you for every person in here. And every person watching. God may your grace rest upon them. As you begin to mold and shape our character. As you begin to expand the capacity by your spirit of our understanding. And God, as you take us out of those comfortable places to depend and trust on you and see your power evident and move in our life. Lord, may your grace rest upon us, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Listen, before you leave, there's a couple of announcements. Okay? And I want you, all the ladies in the house, say hello. Okay, listen, ladies, this Friday, you do not want to miss Thrive. We are going to have some laughs and some fun and some good old food. So those of you that are watching, those of you are here, come and join us. Invite a friend. You do not want to miss it, okay? And we're going to be starting water baptism up in April. So you can check it out on our website and find out more information about it. Guys, we love you. You are dismissed. If there's anything that we can pray with you, come and join us. God bless.